Okay, everyone, today's episode was recorded at and brought to you by Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Raven Sound Studio is a professionally equipped audio production facility offering recording, mixing, and mastering services throughout northern Arizona and surrounding areas. Whether you are looking to cut a demo, record your next single, or have a full album produced, Raven Sound Studio has the tools and skills you need to get the job done. For more information, head to www.ravensoundstudio.com to book a session or schedule a tour. Welcome to The Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. Hey everybody, I am just so tickled and jazzed and excited for today's podcast. My guest today is someone I have fangirled over for such a long time, and somehow I finagled her to be on my podcast and I'm so excited. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Therese Curatolo is a Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter, globally acclaimed vocalist that lights up any room with her effervescent energy, charisma, and retro vibe. Therese prides herself on her wit, humor, and honest approach to songwriting, being touted as a modern-day Joni Mitchell. Her recent releases have been described as retro-pop reminiscent of Haim, The Night Game, and Fickle Friends. She has lent her voice to several established groups, such as Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox, Scary Pockets, and Cirque du Soleil, touring worldwide and amassing over a million Spotify streams and 7 million views on YouTube. Fans of her work with Scary Pockets and Postmodern Jukebox have called her a singing pogo stick, a dynamic powerhouse, and a vocal chameleon. Therese has established herself as an artist on the rise, singing alongside soul legends Stevie Wonder and Martha Reeves. Through the years, her versatile vocal power has taken her from the Metropolitan Opera to the big screen and iconic venues like the Troubadour. Her last performance before the global pandemic was with Tony Award-winning Broadway composer Jason Robert Brown, who referred to her performances as a vocal masterclass. Soon after, she released singles Tokyo and Babe in 2020, channeling 80s nostalgia and flirtatious energy. Braille is her next chapter in the Retro Chronicles, as she continues to transport fans back in time with a fresh take on familiar sounds. For the latest on Teresa's upcoming projects, follow her on Spotify and Instagram. If you'd like to learn more about Therese Curatolo, please see our show notes for links to her social media accounts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. I am so excited for this podcast because this is um, one of, I've had so many incredible guests and I and all of them blow my mind for a number of reasons. This particular guest is somebody I have fangirled over for a very long time. And this is not only our, I'm going to call this like our launching of a friendship because she doesn't even know she doesn't have a choice, but she has to be my friend now. Um, but we've never met before until today, which is super exciting because I get to learn so much about her her in one big fancy sit down, which means after this, we'll be best friends. So welcome to the podcast, Miss. No. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stop because you're, you're here now. Um, I always refer to you in my life sphere as Reese T because your socials are Reese T, but you are Therese Curatolo, right? Did I say yes, that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You said both correct. I'm so honored. <laughs> okay. Because I literally like, 
I listen to your music and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put some Reese T on. And then I was like, that is not even her name. Like, that's not her name. <laughs> but it, oh, but it is. <laughs> but it is your name. Um, oh, but it is. <laughs> welcome to my podcast. Thank welcome you for having to me. the land of me asking you far too many questions. Oh, I can't and wait. Um, let's dive right in. Where were you born? I was born in Studio City, California. You're a native Californian. What was yes. your what is your family like as a little as a little young Reese T? Did you grow up with siblings? Did you tell me about yeah. it? Yes. So um both my brother and I, he is um two years my junior. We were both born here in Southern California, but we were not raised in Southern California. Ah. Um my dad is a working musician, has been his entire life. So as soon as the kiddos came along, um, a lot of gigs were taking him to Northern Nevada and the Tahoe area. Yeah. So uh, we shipped up there when I was about three years old and I grew up in um, the Reno Tahoe area. Wow. And yeah. so you obviously had music in the house as a little kid with your dad being a musician. Yes. Was me. your mom an artist as well? Or was she kind no. of... No. <laughs> no, my mom. See, my mom was an LA native and she was a dental hygienist to the stars. Oh my gosh. So that's what she did. She, oh, she's got a, just a bucket full of stories. But um, yeah, their world's collided. And you have great teeth. So that makes sense. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I didn't have a choice in the matter. I didn't have a choice in my teeth, my dental hygiene, and I didn't have a choice in the music. So <laughs> You're like, it worked out. I'm a perfect product of my environment. Thanks, mom and dad. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you grew up in the Reno Tahoe kind of Nevada area. Were you yep. a um, were you naturally a creative kid, or do you think it was something kind of infused into you that opened the door, or do you think that was it was kind both? Of those, yeah. Oh, it was totally both. I mean, I came out kicking, screaming, singing. Um, just as soon as I could phonate, there was there was melody. Right. So, and you know, dad, obviously he nurtured that little talent. Yeah, he was like, that's my baby. This is mine. Is your brother musical? <laughs> he is. Yeah. My, my brother um, actually stepped into my dad's shoes, taking over the quote unquote family biz. And he is out there doing what my dad has done for almost 40 years. So oh my gosh, yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. You guys, <laughs> you guys are like the Von Trapps of a sorts. Kind of. And then mom is just, you know, our massive cheerleader that reminds I, us to floss. Yeah. I love it. it. You know, I think that balance is important actually sometimes. I mean, not, and I have, this is in no disrespect to people who come from entirely creative families, but I yeah. do think sometimes having somebody hold it down with a little outside perspective of our musical prowess um, is a good thing. Keeps us a little percent. So yeah. talk me through kind of your, um, you know, younger elementary into junior high school years. What was little Reese T looking like then? <laughs> Were you already playing instruments? Were you already involved well, in like school stuff, choir? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, in my mind, I was, I was already a Disney princess. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, everyone on the playground, they were all out there, you know, doing their thing, playing and, you know, I don't know, making friends. And I was rehearsing the opening scene <laughs> to Beauty and the Beast. Of course. I don't, I mean, I wish I was should. exaggerating. Candace. <laughs> I did the whole thing by myself. They must, I mean, obviously I was severely bullied as a kid, but were you? Tell me why. Why? Were you well, because I was in my own world and I came out, Mm. I came out of the shoot quite literally just an an artist, only multifaceted artist in every sense of the world word. Like I just could not be bothered with people that, you know, wanted to play stupid games and hopscotch. And I I mean, I was a baseball. 
Who needs right? What's that? What is that? Like Girl Scout cookies? Like, sure, I'll sell them. But like, listen to this song right. that I wrote. Like, do you want to sing? I was like, but I was so friendly and I wanted so badly to um, be liked. But I, I think I was misunderstood because again, I was, I was kind of ahead of the kids in the fact that I already knew who I was and what I wanted to be. Yeah. When I grew up and like literally nothing going to deter me from that. And uh, yeah, they did. They just, they, Reese tea was not their flavor. Yeah, they just didn't get it. It just was not. (laughs) They just didn't didn't get get it. it. No. So yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, my mom and dad, they tried, they tried everything. They tried gymnastics. They tried uh, Girl Scouts, softball, piano lessons. And I was like, no, 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 and no. Like, I'm not doing it. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. JC, I mean, these mo- these catalogs would come for me. They'd want me to model. These uh, JC Penny, I remember, called my mom up and was like, "We'd, you know, we'd really like to photograph her." I just flat out said no. My mom's like, "What is wrong with you? Like, this is what you want to well, do, that's right?" Interesting, because I was going to say that's still entertainment in a sense. Absolutely. And you were like, "But I was it's not so music." Camera it's not shy, though. Oh. It was weird. Like I had all of this charisma and all of this, like, yeah, I'm like just I'm Julie Andrews. This is great, <laughs> but. I could, I would freeze in front of a camera. I mean, I would ham it up for like my mom and dad, but right. the second you put me in a professional setting or in a studio, I was like, no, I can't do it. I, so, do you, I'm, I'm just, cu- I'm curious. Have you thought about yeah. the why? Did you know why? Do you froze up? Uh, I have, I have absolutely have no idea. No. I have no idea. And I'm mad at little baby, like a uh, five, six year old Reese now. Cause I was like, man, girl, you could have been sitting on some coin. Like right now. You Your rent would be print? paid right now, boo. You did not oh. know a pandemic was coming. I, hello? My rainy day fun cup would have co- <laughs> flown over. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't know. But so yeah. that's, that's younger Reese Where were you yeah. as you got into being high school? You are stunningly beautiful. You are stunningly talented. You You are on first impression, lovely as can be, which I anticipated because I, let's just call a spade a spade. I don't generally fangirl over people that turn out to be douchebags. So (laughs) I just don't, I don't like, I don't like shitty people. Anyway, as you should not. Webosphere. Thank you for listening to my like, um, but who did you, (laughs) that's here nor there. Who did you, um, who were you in high school? What kind of creative monsters did you turn into? And were you more, because you strike me as somebody who's very outgoing, like you said, you were Mm. enjoyed being liked and you liked people, but you just kind of beat to a different drum. Absolutely. High school's that, like it's that defining kind of coming of age moment. Um, Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. How did that that go for you? Uh, I mean, I went into high school just, you know, I, I mean, okay. So I went to middle school in North Carolina, which was great. Oh took, my, we're yeah, jumping all over Hello? now. Hello. Uh, yeah. We are <laughs> the, the traveling circus now. So I went to middle school in North Carolina, which was amazing because it, what it did was it got me out of Reno and it got me away from, um, the childhood, not, not so nice kids. Yeah. And it put me with a completely demogra- different demographic and, um, totally, totally different energies. And the kids in North Carolina, I do not even, um, I don't even lie when I say they, they're just peaches and cream. They're yeah. the sweetest kids. They're the sweetest people out there. Shout out Raleigh. What's good. So, um, <laughs> and I love them still to this day. Yeah. They were just so accepting and they just wanted to know who this little West coaster was. And like, Oh, me, our friend, like we'll make music with you. This is great. Yeah. And I mean, when I'm telling you that, that, okay. Middle school, middle school, Reese Oh, 
It was just her and the Backstreet Boys, man. Oh, it was her and the back. Oh, dude, when I tell you, like, I was on top of the Empire State you Building with a freaking sign. I, I was the biggest fan. Oh my and, gosh! And I mean, Britney. It was just it's such a great time to be alive. Top Central. It was, it was the best. Yeah. So we had that. So I like got really into that, and that's when I started playing guitar. Um. I mean, and like really vocalizing. <laughs> so fast forward, we come back to Reno oh, for so high you school. Did. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. So <laughs> and I mean, like I ran into some of the same jerks, like from from elementary that school. They were now just older jerks. Then. They were just they were literally older jerks, and then I met new jerks. Yeah, and I was like, oh well, shit. Yeah, I really fucking hate this, but it's okay because like y'all haven't been where I've been. Like I got, I got. North Carolina friends now that shit on you. So like, I can't even be bothered with you. So I don't so have I time for all this. I got a crew that will mess your ass up. No, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Next. So I just kind of went about, you know, freshman, sophomore year, sophomore year, I got into like theater and, and the musical theater. And I mean, I walked right into choir. Funniest story. I walked into high school and my elementary school music teacher was now my high school music teacher. Oh my you cannot make it up. You can't make it up. I walked in and I was like, did you, have a, I was going to say, did you have a moment of like, how is this my life? Like, it's the same people. Yeah. We're oh, back. It felt like a really bad Twilight Zone. And I went home and I had to my mom. She's like, well, shit. Like, you wanted to go to this high school. And I was like, well, yeah, but now I don't. Why did you, you know, why did you want to go to, did you have choices? And you went, I want that one. Oh yeah. I had choice. Well, I was zoned for it since I was a kid. And I just always thought like, I'm going to go to this high school. Got it. Mm-hmm. But not your best choice. Not not my fa- proudest moment. No, no. And I immediately, <laughs> immediately regretted it. You were but, like, uh, wow. There, there are people that are listening to this in Reno and be like, wow, she really just like threw our asses on the bus. <laughs> and like, not everybody, like high school was like not all bad. I had a I had a great, very privileged experience. But um, okay, so we get in that we get in a musical theater and theater, whatever and choir and competitions. And I was just, I don't know. I was performing circus monkey. Like, were you uh, writing? Got, Cause you were playing guitar at this point. Yes. Had you that's started? When I started to write. Right. I started to write when I was 14, started to really, uh, hone in on that, like really get into Joni Mitchell. Like I, mm. I zeroed in on the Beatles and everything they were doing. And my dad was teaching me a bucket of stuff too. He's like, finally, like, what, is your, what does your dad play? What's his, what is his personal stylings? Okay, so um, for those of you listening, here we go. We're going to get into Reese's dad really quick. Buckle up and hold on tight. Okay, so my dad, oh God, I just always turn 15 shades of crimson when <laughs> when I start talking about this because it's like, brings back PTSD from like, bring your dad to school day. Like, oh God, okay. So, <laughs> okay. My it's dad okay. On, has, I, just as a side note, I didn't, we didn't have, for some reason, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. We didn't amazing. have to bring your dad to school day, but you could bring a member of your family or something to school day. And I remember okay. we brought a family friend and he was Greek and we were learning about Greek mythology. And he proceeded amazing. to tell my whole sixth grade class that the reason he loved growing up and being Greek is that women are topless on all the beaches. And my teacher looked at me and she was like, this is your contribution to our, um, you know, bring your person to school day. And he was just like, you must go to Greece. All the women bathe nude. And, you know, it's a place every man should be. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, well, uh, this is going to come. I should have brought my dad to school. Instead, I brought Uncle Nico. Anyway. Uncle Nico forever. Yeah. Uncle Nico. <laughs> Please continue. Sound like it is. 
So, okay, dad has only had one job his entire life. Bless him. Um, he was one of the original cast members of Beatlemania on Broadway. Amazing. And he's played Paul McCartney. His, he's impersonated Paul McCartney his entire life. So he's like, you know, how priests dedicate their lives to God. My dad <laughs> is, is a priest. He's a priest in the Beatle world and he has dedicated his life to the Beatles and Paul McCartney. Oh my so, gosh. So <laughs> I don't even, I don't I even love put that, that lightly. Though. Because, yeah. you know, on some level, it's how great to have a creative outlet uh, responding to somebody you admire so much, getting to emulate and embody someone you admire so yes. much. But still, you're you, so you put your own spin and your own artistry into a place that holds a lot of revered feelings for people around the world. Correct. That's Correct. a wonderful thing. Your dad's a kicker. It's, it's very cool. My, yeah, my, dad, my dad's pretty kick-ass. He's a rock star, especially in the, um, in the, in the Beatle world. He is revered. So he went on to, you know, tour the world with Beatlemania. And then when he came to the West, he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. When he came to the West Coast, um, I think he was at the Orpheum and he decided to just stay here. And him and some partners from different bands, um, they banded together and they formed the group Rain, which turned out to be the first tribute act of its kind. Like wow. it spawned all of the Vegas impersonations, all the tribute right. acts. Like it was the first act of its kind. And um, it's called Rain, a tribute to the Beatles. It's still touring globally today. And yeah, now my brother Paul is playing Paul. So oh my gosh, your brother's name is Paul? Yes, there are a lot of Pauls. I know you had family. said that, but I didn't I didn't put that in. It's, it's a lot. It's um Candace, it's a lot. <laughs> so, but it's great. So when I like, okay, I have to tell you this right now, you're gonna die. Like, okay, <laughs> this is a prerequisite. If I go on a date. And the first thing I say, like, I, I like to do like lightning round right, questions, right, like, right. yes or no. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I we say, just need to speed date this up we right need now. To get so that- this out of the, I need to like, I need to ask you something right now. And I need, I might, your answer is going to tell me everything I need to know, dude. Yeah. Okay. Beatles or stones. If they don't say the Beatles, I have to get up and leave. It's been fun. Thank you so much. But you're never going to uh, survive in my family. Yeah, absolutely. Lose my number. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> that is legit. Like, it, it cannot be. And like, nothing against the stones. No, but, but I feel like that. I feel like that is one of those things that should be asked of every person. I feel like that's a dividing line. Thank you. Thank you. You know what so I mean? It's much. like in the same vein. It's like, are you hot sauce or not? Are you ca- are you cats or dogs? Yeah, cats. Are dogs. you chocolate or vanilla? Right. Beatles like those are aren't pressing. Those aren't pressing. Like those are, those are not deal breakers. But if you legitimately do not answer the Beatles, we are done here. You can't. There, it can go no <laughs> further. It can go no further. We are done. Here, my dad will never give his consent. No, you're never gonna. You're never gonna be welcomed into the family. So let's just no. call it. No. Yeah, that's wow. it. So, uh huh. That's okay, so it. That's, that's your dad. It. So uh, all that to yeah. bring it back around to little Reese. Right. Little so Reese. as you're 14 and writing songs, and your mm-hmm. dad is obviously a master at a catalog of people oh, who have you God. know changed the Re- world. Actually ridiculous. Yes, actually ridiculous at it. How did that weigh into your <clears throat> artistry, or did it? It. I mean, it, it, it did heavily to the point where it's like, I, I mean, I listened to things that were, you know, modern and as much as I could, but I grew up in a very classical household. So between, I mean, we're talking everything from the Beatles and oldies to like classical music because my dad comes from the classical vein, um, and his parents. So that was in, that was just in me. Yeah. And I was just drawn to the classics since day one. So that's well, okay. So we're writing music in high school and we're doing everything we can. And I felt like I was splitting, spinning 20 plates. Like we got theater, we got writing. And then I dipped into the classical world and I was going and I was doing a lot of classical um, competitions around the country. Opera. 
classical. Opera. Yeah, opera. Mm-hmm. Not like classical. The reason I clarify is not classical yeah. guitar because you're playing, you nope. know, you're vocally, yes, you're dipping into you. the classical world. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I started to sing classical competitively. Like, Great you know, training, had, like, though. Rock. Great training. It was, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. But that, that's what geared me up uh, for college. And I went to college for operatic voice. That's amazing. Now I have a question for you about that because in an artistic family, even though your mom was a dental hygienist and she gave Mm -hmm. you those great rack of teeth, um, was, was college kind of expected in your household or was there, it was. So even though we have a musical kind of leadership role in your house, as far as your dad's longevity career, he wasn't like, just go do music. He was like, you need to go to college. In in fact, he deterred me as as much as he could. He saw the way I wrote. I mean, he saw the way I would compose an essay or, or I would write um, music and I would write lyrics. And he said, "You know, if you could, you, I mean, you could go. You'd be a killer anchor, a killer journalist." <laughs> he tried everything, Candace. He was trying so hard. I said, "Dad, I'm gonna be musical." He's like, "Why? Why do you gotta do that? Why? Totally Haven't you seen?" Haven't you seen how hard life is? And I said, yeah, okay, well, thug life chose me. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, I'm sorry. You, you did, you made me this way. Thug life chose me. Yes, thank you for my audio snippet because now that's all that can, like, it's, a, it's clear as day. Thug life chose, you got chose it. me. You got yeah. Thug life chose me. Um, I'm sorry. Last I checked, your blood is running through my veins. DNA, dude. So I didn't have a whole lot of choice here. Yeah. DNA but, showed up. So he said, he's like, okay, well, you're going to school. And I was like, oh, snore, okay, snooze fest. Okay, yeah. I guess. Like, fine. <laughs> yeah. but like, I knew, I knew I was going to school. I knew I was going to get out of school. But I would feel, honestly, there, there was this weird overachieverness in me. Like, I would have felt like less of a human had I not gone to school and gotten that stupid piece of paper that I now hang over my toilet that said, <laughs> wow, you did something good for you, you know? Yeah. Well, and I always ask that question because I think it's such a, a creative's journey is always so interesting to me because no two are the same, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. how, where people get their beginnings from, how their careers evolve or change or grow, no two are the same. And it's so funny for all the people that I've sat down and talked to in my life, let alone far outside this podcast, some people hundred percent knew I was going to school, had to go to school, wanted to go to school. Some people are like, didn't want to go to school, but I was made to go to school. Some people are like, I fucking hit the ground running and that's all I was ever going to do. And then what's interesting is that the years later, when some people are like, well, I, you know, I didn't, it's hanging over my toilet. I'm sure I made good friends or it was a good time or this or that. And then yeah. there are some people that are like, yeah, I never did it, but I, I kind of wish I would have. So it's an interesting, mm. it's an interesting point of, you know, trajectory because I do think in the arts, it's an interesting unless you specifically want to be like an audio engineer or a filmmaker where you have technical things to learn. I often talk with other artists. I'm like, you could have gone and just taken voice lessons and done all the vocal coachings. Yes. Yes. And and saved people money. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And and it's interesting. I, I, I have so much empathy for your dad now that I have a kid because it's like, I grew up same much like you. I was, I came out of the womb very like, this is it. Like, uh, don't worry about me. This is how this is yeah. going to go. And my yeah. parents were both in entertainment and they were like, for the love of everything good and holy, go the other way. Yes. Turn yes. and run. It's turn a struggle. and run. It's a struggle. It just is. 
but you also have to be who you are. But now that I have a five-year-old, I'm like, please, for the love. And he plays every instrument and he loves to sing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got the bug. So now I understand (laughs) your dad. Like, you know, being on the reverse side now, I understand your dad going like, yeah, no, please just do something. Please don't. Please don't. Don't stress me out like this. How are you going to feed yourself when I'm dead? Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's, I mean, they're still thinking that and that's fine. And meanwhile, you are blowing up into this massive, glorious artist that everybody is loving. So it's okay. Stop You're going to be it. just fine. You're going to be You're just so fine. nice. You're so <laughs> Walk me through college then. Okay. Where, did you find a tribe in college because you were now among other artists and singers and things of that nature? Or were you like, I'm doing opera, but I really want to be doing X. Or were you doing both? What, how are you operating your time? Oh, these are great. I want to, okay. First of all, yes and no. I, I mean, I found my tribe. We were great. We were a perfect little quartet. We had a soprano, a mezzo, a baritone, and a bass, and we were thick as thieves. We were just the four musketeers, and we were nerds, man. We were the nerds of the liberal arts college. And <laughs> where, when did I taught, where did you go to school? I stayed, I stayed home, and I went to University of Nevada. Okay. And I mean, I loved it. I loved it because I was like, you know what? Why? Why? Like, if I'm going to go out of state, like maybe for my master's, I'll go out of state. But for like my general shit, I'm staying home. Preach. I don't need to, because I knew myself. I knew if I left, I would be distracted. I probably wouldn't, you know, have made Dean's List and done all the shit that I did. And like, I wasn't ready to leave. I just wasn't ready to leave the cocoon. I was like, eh, I like it. I'm fine. So yeah, I mean, college was awesome. But here's the thing. (laughs) <laughs> the main the main people just like they i don't know they uh, they suck okay <laughs> don't be mean they suck i walked okay i walked in to all the you know fucking upperclassmen shit because i was talented like i'm sorry dude i please I'm, don't apologize for that I'm sorry. I'm talented and I'm sorry that I'm walking in the chamber choir as a freshman, which I know it was like impossible. It's never happened before. I'm just completely breaking the mold here as a freshman. And I was walking into these, you know, lead opera roles and, and the upperclassmen wanted me dead. They're like, dude, parking lot, 3.30. I'm like, kick your ass. You got three more years to earn this spot. Go. Exactly. And I was walking on in. They, They wanted, they wanted to hang me in the rafters. But I don't know. It, I mean, it, heavy is the head that wears the crown, dude. I was like, yeah, I was a pig in shit. Just like, this is great. Like, I'm going to dominate this shit. A lot came with the territory. Yeah. And it, it was hard to um, to walk in already kind of like, you know, you're, you're up there. I, I just walked into these big old positions because from there, it's like, where do you grow? Right. You know? That's, so that's it was, a, it but I don't think daunting. you know that until you learn that. Exactly. Right? Like, so that's the I thing. Kinda, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So you're like, this is I fucking rad. It. Y'all oh. can suck my tits because I'm about exactly. to take all your shit. And then, and then exactly you start going, oh, too. wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I learned really quickly. Like, I didn't walk in there with a chip on my shoulder, with an ego at all. In fact, like, I was the opposite. But I learned really quickly that if you're going to run with the big dogs, you got to show your teeth like the big dogs, like don't let them freaking push you around because they're older than you. You've got the same amount of gusto and the same and amount of shit talent. Going on. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta run with them. Just run with them. So I don't know. College was great. We did more co- uh, competing and we did, I mean, a lot of shit, a lot of great accolades. And I learned a lot, 
would I have slowed down a little, like looking back on it, slowed down a little bit, maybe enjoyed the time and maybe not burnt the candle at every single end. Yeah. 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 Because it was, it almost felt like binge and purge. Like I just did so much. You're like I'm packing so, it in. Oh my God. Yeah. Like a secret shopper. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> but that, I mean, needless to say, my songwriting kind of fell by the wayside. My dad was pissed. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I thought you didn't I'm want me to be a three musician, foreign languages. <laughs> I'm memorizing three-hour-long uh, French operas. And I, I'm traveling the world com- competing in operatic competition. Oh, I'm sorry. And you want me to write music and play my guitar? What? So, yeah. It's he funny had to, like, that he not... took that shift, though, from oh, being like, I... go do something else to like, well, why aren't you writing? And you're back burning your back burnering your guitar. And I said, Dad, I'm currently learning the hardest, the, the yeah. hardest Were element. Were you a first soprano? No. I was. You are. I, they, they always had me on that high shit. And I'm like, why are you doing this, dude? Like, you don't you hear? Well, I, I have no doubt how, that they how put heavy you there my voice because is? you're probably insane up there. But yes, I, that would be my it's like <laughs> Not anymore, because <laughs> I'm more of a dramatic now. Yeah. But back then, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And they put me on that high shit. And I, I mean, I would just wail. I loved it. The girls next to me didn't, but I loved it. <laughs> it was great. I mean, you know, everybody around me was kind of like, whoa. But oh, I was shit. feeling myself hard. Take um, us all the way to church, sis. I lo- so, so you get out of school. So you're, so you're doing competitive oh, opera. Yeah. This is the other question yeah. I had is, is that hmm. did opera ever infiltrate you where you're like, this is my thing? Or was it always like, I yes. can technically sing this, but mm, it's not my mm-mm. thing? No. I, that's a great question, Candace. That's, I mean, in, <laughs> in college, my sophomore year, I did a, I did another major pivot where I was like, you know what? Fuck opera. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. No more Candide it. for you. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Glitter and Be Gay, my ass. I do not want to do that no more. In fact, I wanted to be Kristen Chenoweth so bad that Mm. I wanted to hang up my opera shit and just like be a musical theater bitch. And go straight to New York. Exactly. So my dumb 19-year-old ass was like, well, if my boyfriend's going to go to AMDA, like I'm going to go to AMDA. That's how you got to L.A. No, okay, funny plot twist. I came down here, auditioned, auditioned with opera, got the fuck in. And then I was in class. I think I went through, Candace, I went through about three full days of class. And that's okay, when wait, I realized. So you left oh, school. I left the university. To go yes. to AMDA. Yes, got accepted. Went through one week. I didn't even make it past the fucking orientation. I went to one week in that summer camp, realized it was a summer camp camp, turned around and went right back to university. Cause I was like, Oh no, Oh no, 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 no. I need, no, I need academia like really bad. I need it. I do not need to be told not to yawn during a tap class. That's what, that's not what I need. Yeah. And I'm not a dancer. Like, sorry, yeah. I'm not, I'm yeah. just not. <laughs> so I, I ran wee, wee, wee all the way damn home. And I got really serious. Like I, my professors, they opened the door and they're like, Oh, welcome back. Uh, I actually like- love this little like pivot and trajectory ah. though, because I think so many times we don't see what's in our lap mm-hmm. for the mo- for the moment that it's necessary. Yeah, and then you were smart enough, and I will say specifically smart enough, mm-hmm. because plenty of people will take the leap and take the jump, 
And then when yeah. they get there, they're like, oh shit, it's not what I want, but this is what I'm in now. And, right. And, nope. and they, and so many people don't eat crow when it's necessary, you know? And sometimes you have to know when to go like, I made a mistake. I'm going to learn from my mistake. I'm going to yeah. get more out of what I left because there's more for me to gain that I took, exactly. didn't take advantage of. Exactly. And I give you a lot of props for that. I don't think Thank a lot of you. people have that kind of foresight. I think a lot of people just go, well, I made the decision, so I'm stuck. Mm, nope. I ran. Yeah. I yeah. got like really into it. I had to grovel a little bit and they were like, well, shit, strap on your pants. We're going and learn these 15 arias by tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I can I was do it. Like, let's go. Uh, and that thus started like my love affair with it. And I jumped I, full fucking head full first throttle. right oh. into it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I was going to do it. And I was, you know, getting these offers from these different apprenticeships and these Did, different. I was going to say, was was your plan yeah. in your mind to then join a company and like yes. tour with with operas and things of that nature? Very much, yeah. very much so. And I went on a um, right after graduating. I stayed one more year, and I started my graduate studies there just because I was thinking, okay, if you get your core classes out of the way at home, yeah. and then you ship off to a different. Um, a different university and master's program, at least you have your course shit out and you've done it with your professors that you love and you trust. And then when you go away, you're just going to be working on the vocal aspect. So of far, it, I am aspect. thoroughly in line with your thought process. Like I feel like so far, every, every, every decision you've made along the way. Huh? Yeah. I think I feel like it makes so much sense though. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like, why are you going to stress yourself out? You know, I went to Indiana, I went to Arizona, I went to Northwestern, Oklahoma, I went to all these places. And as soon as I got there, I was like, dude, whew, I would not be able to concentrate on anything but performance out here. Like, I, I don't want to be sitting there trying going to through orchestrate learn all the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. I want to just focus on the memorization and the technique out here with my professors or with my instructors. So yeah, I went, did all that, but I stayed home. I sang with the Nevada Opera for a season, which was totally thrilling, really, really cool. And they're wonderful. And um, <laughs> I was going to finish my master's and then New York City called. Mm, how did that and happen? The Met, the Met called me in to sing um, for their youth council to be a, a young artist member. And I, I, they called me twice. So I went there. And I did that and it, it, um, coincided perfectly with my dad's return to Broadway. So Amazing. he was out there already. I went and I stayed with him. He opened his show. I was auditioning for the Met and in the interim while I was auditioning for the Met did not get it by the way, because they wanted me to finish my master's and, um, they wanted me to do some apprenticeship programs before just to season my, I was a baby. I was like 23. Yeah. So, and it made total sense. I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, but we're keeping your name on, you know, I was like, great. Because now you awesome. can please correct me. Aside from maybe Europe, the Met is kind of the Met. I mean, it's it. the pinnacle. Yeah. It is the it it is. of the opera world of the United States. I mean, yes. so when it's the it. Met calls, you fly. You go. <laughs> you it's get on like, a plane you know, and you It fly. felt like the American Ballet Academy just calling you. Like, I'm sorry, you go. Yeah. But- I mean, and now you're like, holy shit, I'm on their radar. It freaked me (laughs) out. It freaked my professors out because I'm thinking to myself, like, Therese, come on. Like, people that get called for the Met, they've been singing classically since they were seven years old, just like ballerinas have been training since they were three years old to, you know, perform in the Metropolitan Ballet. Um, 
I had only been singing classical music for like seven years, seven, eight years, whatever. Yeah. So that was very weird. And I was like, oh God, like if I'm going to do this, like I got to do it. Stupid ass again, another pivot. She's like, well, I don't want to waste my youth and my 20s um, in Munich, Germany in a <laughs> chorus. You know, just, you know, in the background, living life abroad, yeah. you know, taking yeah. in life experience. In a hostel. I mean, just thoroughly enjoying Oktoberfest, but like singing in the chorus for three years. And then that would put me at like 26 and I'm going to be like old. And uh, I, I just, I, you know, like, no, I totally, was I, 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 I was not on an opera track, but I, I feel you. I just didn't want to yeah. waste my twenties with my nose in a book. And looking back on that now, do I regret it? A trillion. Why? Why? And my mom, my mom is just like, you could have, <laughs> you, you could, exactly. We could my have mom, been visiting. You could you have already Munich. been at the Met right, yeah. right now. And I'm like, well, mom. Why? Know, but let me ask you that joking. because. All right, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Grey Dog Guitars, located at 141 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Grey Dog Guitars is an authorized tailor, Gretsch, guild, and reverend dealer with a friendly, knowledgeable staff and a welcoming environment. Whatever you are looking for, whether to buy, sell, or trade, Grey Dog Guitars has you covered. So stop by today and check out their great selection of new, used, and vintage gear and check them out at www.graydogguitars.com. I have, or maybe it's, maybe it's just, you know, time and, but like, I, I have, I genuinely don't believe in regrets at all, like at all, mm, because I think I love that. everything leads you to where you're supposed to be, however it yes. unfolds. And so, yes. you know, we make, we all make the best decisions we can make with what we're working with. And when you're 23, mm. yes, you go, but it's 26 or it's 29, <gasps> you know, and it's oh, like, exactly. I've given it, I've wasted all this time, but yeah. But what, I'm just curious, like, where do you think, what do you think your life would have been had you said yes? Oh my, I have, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd be a much better singer. <laughs> I would be like, I'd be like a good singer. Like, oh I, I'm, I'm an okay singer, but like, I'd be like a, I'd be like a good singer. But, um, and I feel like I'd be smarter. I'd be much <laughs> more cultured. You I, might know German. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I would have definitely finished my German studies. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was one of my favorite things to study. And I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I would have, I don't know. I mean, what a shoulda, coulda. You just don't yeah, know. That's why I just don't you go just down the trip. That's why I asked because it's like, I just, I, I don't know. It's like that you movie sliding doors. I remember seeing yeah. that when I was like, you know, it's like you could have gone through this door or that door or whatever, but you end up where you end up and blah, blah, blah. Right. You right. Know. I just don't know. Uh, but, personally, I'm really yeah. thrilled that you didn't because you might not be Reese T if you, you've been on. <laughs> might not be Reese T. You know what I mean? Like, and as much as I appreciate and enjoy a handful of operas, like I don't go searching for opera on Spotify, but I go True. searching for you on it Spotify. It is a niche. And you know what? Sadly, I, there were times in my late 20s where um, I, I felt like I dodged a bullet as far as, you know, going and throwing myself into a master's program and, and all of that student loan debt yeah. and all of those, um, you know, all that with all that training and, and then maybe going on to do your um, doctorate. I didn't, I didn't do it. And I'm glad I didn't, because sadly it's, it feels like, and I don't want to say it, I'm like knocking on wood. I don't want to say this out loud. I don't want to put energy behind it, but it feels like a lost art. Like it's becoming mm. an art of the 
past. Nobody's going, nobody's seeking out opera. You know, the older generations, they cling to opera because it was, you know, symbolic of their time and of their countries and and cultures. And also it was convenient to the instrumentations that they had. Right. I mean, and and the class, the class system as well. Yeah. I mean, it was just very, it's a very rich art, traditional art. Yeah. Oh, so with everything changing and the world is really, (laughs) it's becoming much more casual and things like that are just, I mean, you watch Pretty Woman, you watch, um, uh, moonstruck and you're like oh my god to have a date night like that are you kidding me like a guy just tells you hey we're gonna go, go to shopping the opera. here's my black <laughs> amex pick out a killer fucking red dress go to harry winston get you some neck <laughs> diamonds and then meet me at the met at the fountain at 6 p.m we're gonna have some champagne then we're going to watch lab om are you i'm yeah. sorry after flatlining and coming back to life i would be like shit yeah Shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think you, you said it so beautifully. It's like the world's <laughs> getting casual. The, the, it's becoming more casual. We're getting to a yeah. place where, you know, I mean, people used to dress up to fly, you know, and I, now it's like I'm in my to go to church, yoga. to go out yeah, on a exactly. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now it's like now it's yoga I'm pants, going to the galore. I'm going to Whole Foods in my tie-dye house pants and Birkenstocks, <laughs> totally. which is totally fine. Like I love that. Because I am that. I feel I feel you on that. I agree. But it, there's something like to, to be opera. said. And there's something to be said for the decorum of making a plan to present yourself, you know? And I yes. think in those instances, people dress to, to present themselves and the experience. Absolutely. And there's something It is a so, whole experience. Same thing with, this is a total tangent, by the way, but um, same thing Love with like, tea. You know, when I was a kid, yeah. I was raised going to formal tea. And so mm-hmm. my mother and, and my aunts and whoever, like, we would go on a Sunday and have high tea. We're not British. Yeah. We're not. That's beautiful. <laughs> but, but it was, so it was an occasion to present yourself and be cultured and learn a different tradition and take time to celebrate the people you're with and ask them what they thought about things and, like, yeah. the opera. Socialize. And Huntington yeah. Gardens and the Arboretum <sighs> and, like, all of those things. I do think as we get more and more casual, those entities tend to drift away. They're dwindling. Bit. Yes. Yeah. Everything is changing. I mean, and I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but but there are major shifts being made in the, the artistic world. And I mean, that goes for, for opera. That goes for the ballet. It goes for um, the Philharmonic companies. Mm. Everything is changing. It's just people aren't seeking it anymore. And I think a lot of it has to do with something I could totally get into, which is just instant gratification. Mm. Um, everything being so easily accessible on the internet. Yeah. Why, why go, you out go to the Philharmonic right. when you can just watch the shit from Vienna on YouTube? <laughs> why would you In your go? comfy tie-dye pants and your Thank you. I, I listen to Anna Trubko. Why do I have to drive to San Francisco to see her? Because I want to see her sing it. Right. <laughs> I want to see her sing Lady Macbeth. I don't want to hear it on Spotify. Right. So it's just different. It's I mean, that's such a valid point though. Cause I hadn't thought of it quite in those terms when you see art forms kind of dwindling, like you said, and it's like, why? And that makes a lot of sense. And, Instant. and um, I could see how, well, all that but to get back to where do you think you'd be if you had taken that journey, it would have been an yeah. interesting road to see how it would have evolved to today's exact crossroads. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Who's to, who's to say we would have done all that work and quote unquote wasted our youth <laughs> in our 20s with our nose in a book only to end up here now, I mean, 2021, 
to, in New York City or in anywhere in the world with uh, with our our art form completely castrated Shut down. Yeah, castrated. Yeah. And you would be in New York, which means you would be in like a 400 square foot apartment. (laughs) Wanting to rip my hair out more than I already wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. talk me through. Okay. So did you finish your master's? I did not. I got halfway through it. And again, just like major did not finish it. So what was the life currency guiding you toward at that point? What, What was the reason you went, you know what? I'm calling it. I'm just going to go. Well, I went and I decided to spin my wheels absolutely all the way the fuck into the ground in New York City. (laughs) And I stayed there for four years. I stayed there for four years. Really? Were you pursuing Broadway? I was. I was doing a lot of shit slinging against the wall and nothing was sticking, my girl. Nothing was sticking. I can't imagine why. Oh, I can. Because they, they were not on board with a girl that was a normal size. Like I was a size eight, right? And they just kept telling me how overweight I was for, oh for the Broadway. And like, okay, Holmes, I get that I got big boobs. Like we got minimizers for that. We got oh minimizers God. for and that. And not only that, Broadway is the one place that it's like television. See, I grew up West Coast. I've spent lots of time in New York, but television, everything's the camera. It's 10 pounds mm-hmm. and we need blah, blah, blah. And should we do? Broadway yeah. was the place for all of us West Coasters. We were like, maybe we should go East where we can be normal. You would think. I mean, well, now, now Broadway is just so inclusive. Right. It's and very it's different. so body positive. And we, I'm telling you, we have made a shift in the last decade where 100%. the things that they used to say to me in the room you would never say, say now. No, and thank you, God, for that shit. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, bless. I have bless. basically been too old and too fat since I was 20 years old. And it's like... Uh, it, hello? Thank you. At 20, I'm too old? How am I too I'm old sorry. at 20? <laughs> no. I can't even drink yet. It's terrible. You're like, it's you didn't terrible. start at 13. I was like, well, but I did. I just wasn't in front of you. I wasn't here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. I have arrived now. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I mean, we just, we were so, working and hustling and... Now at this just, point, is your dad still in your? So you went over like together in that yeah, that we capacity. did, but dad was only there uh, for a little over a year, and then when his show show closed and went over to the West End, um, <laughs> he left me there, <laughs> and I got my own place and shit. And he was like, "That was the hardest day of my life," I and I was bet. like, "Yeah, I'm sure," because he was from there, and he did not did not want me there because he just remembers what a shit show it was growing up, and he just didn't want to leave his little pride and joy there. Yeah. So, but I mean, I did it. I, I don't even exaggerate when I say I, I became severely depressed. I, I went through that, um, quarter life crisis in a big way yeah. in one of the hardest cities in the world to do so. So were you at this uh, point, just curious, I, I am only asking because I ask all these artists cause yeah, please. here's the thing. How do you survive? Are you waiting tables? Are you like singing? Oh. Are you busking on the road? Are you, what are you doing? No, that was great. That's a great question. I was a makeup artist um, on Fifth Avenue at Henry Bendel. Mm. I worked for Beyonce's makeup artist. Her name was Mally. God bless her. I will always love her. And that was one of the, uh, that was a saving grace, 100%. I mean, I could have had it real bad. I could have been slumming at night, completely shredding my vocal folds, waiting tables, talking over music, having my ass grabbed by these older gentlemen for a fucking glass of wine. But I, but I didn't, I was again, very, very, very privileged. And I just went to work every day. (laughs) Oh, oh, wait, before I got the makeup artist gig, I totally worked at Equinox. as like a 
like a greeter in the morning. <laughs> I, I would get up at three in the morning. To go I be like, greet, hi, welcome to Equinox. Hi, $20,000 membership. Ew, yeah, <laughs> enjoy your spa today. Ugh, it was gross. But working on Fifth Ave was really great. And I tried to put myself, I was like, again, Trace, like, if you want to work at the Met, you have to, you really want to stay, you got to stay the uptown girl, okay? You got to stay, got to stay, focus. Needless to say, I stopped singing. That opera. was going to be my next question. Well, I did. well, twofold. It was the next question is how did you, obviously you weren't out there slinging it, shredding your vocal cords, but were you, as you're working on Fifth Avenue and you're interacting with all of these, you know, well to do. Yeah. Yes. How were you keeping up on your own craft? One, so you weren't. And two, were you starting not. to lose some of your affinity for yes. that direction? Yes. I mean, I was in a very dark place. I mean, and I'm, uh, hello, I'm just like, you're so sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. But I went through, it was, it was really a, it was a breakthrough because I hit the bottomest bottom of my brain. Not, I mean, not rock bottom because I have an incredible family and I never, ever struggled like yeah, that. You're not trying to leave but, us. <clears throat> no, 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 no. <laughs> but my brain, my brain and my physical, I mean, the, the depression in my brain manifest um, externally in a big, big way. And I just, I had to go home. So when, when I did go home after four years, the first thing I did, I mean, I went home cause I, I had discovered like there was a, a lump in my neck and I freaked out. I freaked out. What because that's was like, it? It was just a swollen lymph node due to uh, high cortisol levels. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, Candace, I flipped. I was just, I was like laying. I would have done the same went, thing. I would have been like, my life is now instantly over. Exactly. So I called my mom. I was just, I was hysterical. Now I have to ask, and I'm sorry to interrupt mm. you. Don't lose your train of thought. No, no. Your mom and your, your dad, whereas your mom just used to like, dad's off and this. He's, oh he's, yeah. So like they were so north. So she stayed on the West coast, even though y'all yeah. went to the East coast. And she would meet him, and you just, know, she'd yeah, go yeah, out for like yeah. a, but they're still married. And yeah, that's just been all their all, whole existence. Their so whole they, life, they were just, yeah. that's how they work. And they're probably still married because of it. Oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> There's nice little breaks here and there, dear. She's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I exactly. love your dad. Time to go. Yeah. Time to go. And he'd be gone, you know. And then she's like, weeks. oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're back. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'll be back for a little bit. And then, I think my yeah. husband feels the same way about me. He's like, oh, you need yeah. to go do some shows on the... Okay, I'll see you in okay, a week. Great. Just a little... It's uh, great. Yeah. Just a little, little, little bit case. So you yeah. go home and you have this lump in your neck. You're not sure yeah. where it is. You call mom and you go, mom, I have to go. Oh, oh my God. And that was it. She goes, put your shit in the box. Let's goes, go. Just uh, come on. Come on. Was she and, thrilled to have you back? I mean, she she was. She, I ended up going back to New York, but that's a different story. I ended up going back just for a little bit of time. And I went back and I remembered why I hated it. And I was like, yeah, fuck, I'm going back. Somewhere. I'm just I'm curious. Back. When you went back, were you thinking, oh, you know, I didn't give it a shot doing X, Y, or Z? I went back thinking it's not going to get the better of me. I'm going to do better and I'm going to really book shit. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got back out there, like I did, I did do some stuff, which but is here's fun. here's the thing that speaks so much to your tenacity. I love that because <laughs> it instead is, of, instead of saying, <laughs> well, because instead of saying like, you know, that city's, you know, chewed me up and spit me out or whatever, yeah. you, you went, maybe I just didn't attack it right. And I'll, right. And oh, it's, again, no, it's, it's my dad's good saying vision. was, my dad's saying was always like, this is not going to beat me. This is whatever you do, just say to yourself, this is not going to beat me. And that it wasn't going to beat me. And it didn't because I made great contacts. I did a lot of great work when I was out there. And um, it, it really did 
shape me into the Reese tea that I am today. Like I, totally. I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Did I struggle? Did I hit some walls? Fuck yeah. But I had to do it. I totally had to do it. So then we just came back out here. We came to LA and LA has been so, so delicious. You, on the way back, you landed in LA. You didn't go back to Reno. I went to Reno yeah. and you, like, yeah, I resituated. And then um, from there, I just put everything in the car and came down here. And it's, I've been here since 2014. Were you nervous about that at all? Like, were you, or were you said a new adventure and you were just like, I'm going for it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes to all of it. I was nervous, but I was so excited. And I was like, fuck, finally, like, of course this is where my New York agent was getting a lot of film and TV um, and commercial work for me anyway. So he said, why don't you just like go do the thing and just, just try it. Just like do it. You're getting, you're getting, you're booking for shit. So just, just go and be in the Mecca, have a good time and you know, whatever lands, lands and, and start working on your music. Like really. Okay. So how, I mean, how many lives have we like lived? I think we've covered at least here? like four or five. Are we exhausted six? yet? No, guys. I'm loving Ugh. it. So my next question. I'm exhausted just repeating. <laughs> <laughs> so my next Ew. question, as somebody who was born and raised in LA as a native, yeah. for yeah. me, it wasn't a big city because it was the only place I had You're known. You're from there. From there. Yeah. But I will say this, having been many other places and lived other places, I find LA, and God, it sounds like I'm talking shit on my hometown, but I'm not. I find it to be, (laughs) but it's like, I find it to be a heart, whereas like New York, you are out walking, you do interact with people, you do go to some cafe on the ground floor of some brownstone, you know, whatever it is, and and you're you're engaged all the time. Constantly going with humanity. Yeah, constantly. You get to LA and it's like, you live in your car. Right. And I don't mean for people listening, I don't mean like, well, I mean, you might have lived in your car. I know plenty of people who do that no, too. But, but you, but you're you everywhere are to go. To your car. Yeah. And if you are doing outdoor activities, it's literally like, this is my time to do outdoor activities. Like, I'm going to go hike Runyon Canyon or we're going to the beach today and we're going right. to go across town for two you hours. You don't just walk in LA. Get, yeah. You don't just like casually go, oh, I'm going to go for no. a stroll and see what happens. No. Um, yeah. Was that a hard thing? to kind of acclimate to coming from four years off of New York, then going back home to like situate the swollen lymph node and then getting back into oh. like. Thought <laughs> I was dying of throat cancer. It was all over. And I was like, this is because I didn't finish my master's. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't a hard transition because I'm from the West coast. Had I been from the East coast, uh, I want to say the tri-state area, it would have been totally hard. Right. But because I was from here and I was used to freeways and I was used to the car and I, I, it was, it was an easy transition and making friends uh, was easy. I mean, it's, it's just easy, but, um, I mean, it was a totally different world. Yeah. How did you support yourself initially? I was, I came out here and I did the same thing. I was a makeup artist by day. Yeah. Yeah. And I would model for different uh, brands. I would serve face as they call it. <laughs> and as they say, you give good face. I get it. I give good yeah. face. And um, I mean, I did it for like an, uh, again, another two years. I would gig here and there and I wasn't, it, it took me a really long time to find my people you're like, you're, and to your niche. To find the pocket. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing I, I love asking because I, I think people oftentimes view our big city, our New Yorks and our LA's and they think like, mm-hmm. I'm going to arrive. 
all, you know, like and Barbara Streisand. Doors are going to open. And the doors are going to open, you know, yeah. and, and I'm going to be discovered be, pumping it's gas. Be my grand awakening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like every, yeah. And, and the reality is, is both places have their own energy and vibe and both take a significant amount of effort to involve yourself in like you do have to go like I am going to choose to go seek people that are my people I am going to choose to say I'll go play a gig and I'll go stalk the person who hires for that gig and like please give me a shot on your stage whatever it be yeah were you still writing a lot at this point had you was this when you kind of dove in and went okay now I'm an artist and I need to find my voice outside of opera's voice or yeah yeah yes and no Um my writing started to come back. I want to say around 2015, 2014 was kind of like that transition. Like, oh my God, what am I fucking doing? I'm like, I'm here. I have to furnish this big old this apartment. This is why now. dad like, wanted me to be a lawyer. This is why he wanted me to be a journalist, yeah, a journalist on right. the five o'clock news. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but shit, no, no, I'm not. Here I am. <laughs> here I am in Santa Monica traffic at 4.30 PM driving back from my day job. And I want to stick an ice pick in my eye. <laughs> So it's, it was, it just was that it was that. And I couldn't believe what I was doing. I couldn't believe what I was not doing. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. And then like, I got, I got really into like the metaphysical fucking world of like, I don't know, the power of your subconscious mind. Like I started to read things and it started to, and this is going to sound so fucking cheesy and stupid. And like a guru just came and hit me in the head with a stick. But he, but he literally did because I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And he was like, I went, bing, clay pot, like, ching, ching, you're, yeah, you're exactly. going to figure it out. <laughs> it felt like Rafiki in the Lion King. He's like, hit me in the head. I went to Coachella <laughs> in 2015. And I went, again, I was a makeup artist for Coachella. I didn't go, like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it was. And it, I, I'm glad I went because it was an absolute epiphany. And no, there were no drugs involved. I wish there were. <laughs> Girl, it could have been even better. It could have been even better. But I left realizing, like, shit, this is the kind of shit that that is in L.A. Like, the, look at these morons just running around the desert, living their best life totally on drugs, just drinking up Drake and Madonna. But like, we, you are here. You were like with them. You are like, in the mix of all of this. Yeah, yeah, you're here. And and everyone was just so like hyped on life and they were so positive. And I was like, well, shit, dude. And give me, I went give me what they're drinking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want whatever y'all just took. Okay. Yeah. So I just came home and I dove like head first into the universe shit. And it really did. It, it fucking woke me up just that your thoughts literally become things. And I stopped thinking, you know, God, you're on a rat race and it's you against the world and everything's a competition. And I went, dude, there's so much more than enough opportunity for everyone. And your niche, your calling, your little pocket is going to find you and you're going to find it. So like, relax, dude, nothing to get hung about. Just relax and enjoy. And that was the day that shit just started, it just changed. My, I mean, the overachiever, the I've got to write 15 essays and learn 20 arias before Friday. She like went, she just went she away. She just went, 
I mean, I'm still like, like that. No. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. Well, I was going to say, I, and I actually think those are really good traits, but it's a matter of learning to channel them into a lane that is productive for your mental health, for your physical health, and for your general well-being and your artistry. If yes. you can take that ball of energy of like, I can, I can, I can and do, I can do, and apply it to a, a more relaxed or at least a more fulfilling avenue where you go, I'm feeding myself the good stuff. I'm going to feed yes. myself the good stuff. And if I feed myself the good stuff, I'm going to think the good stuff. And if I think Nailed the it. good stuff, then the good I stuff- I bring about more good be, stuff. Yeah. And then I'm meeting the people who have good manifests. stuff. Yeah. And yes. I, and yes. like finds like. I mean, I think that is a, it's, I, I think this is another tangent. I apologize. But I nope, do think one don't. of the most beautiful silver linings of COVID has been the ability for people to take time to legitimately think about who they're surrounded by, yes. who they love, yes. what kind of energy those people bring. Because now that everybody's not allowed to bring the energy into the house, you start <laughs> going, wait a minute, Literally. Joe hasn't been around and I feel better. And oh my gosh, uh, I started calling, you know, Karen. Well, we won't use Karen. I started calling... <laughs> I started calling, you know, Sarah and all of a sudden I'm like, she's gigging and I could still gig and maybe we could do it. And like, and you start to see the difference of toxicity versus clean happiness moving forward. And you miss. And I was just telling my friend that yesterday, in fact, over lunch, I was like, and I haven't seen him in seven months. I said, I, this has shown us who matters in, in our personal little energy field, like yeah. who, the connections that are real versus the connections that are surface level, especially in our industry and especially in um, the LA scene, because it's really easy to get wrapped up in these situationships and these friendships because we're working together and you think, this is my person, like we're together all the time or we're touring, or we're doing this. And then you go without seeing them for a little while and you're like, oh shit, they're not calling me. I'm not calling them. Like maybe we weren't as tight as. as and that's okay. And that's totally okay. okay. Listen, for those of you listening at home, that's totally okay. However, the people that you didn't think that you were as connected to, but it just turns out you are because you really miss them and you miss their energy in your life. Then when you see them, it's like no time has passed. Right. And you're like, well, shit, this is, this is yeah. just such gold. And, and we did say that. We said, you know, you, we can't knock anybody during this year. Everyone is processing this shit show <laughs> as best they can. So yeah. we cannot, I mean, it's one of the four agreements. You cannot take it personal yeah. when someone just, you know, doesn't meet you, doesn't show up for you, or simply does not have the space at that moment in time. And Absolutely. that's- But thing. that gets back to the, it's okay. It's you know okay. What I mean? It's okay. Because yeah. you, I, I think, and and to add on top of your layers of awesome- I think another <laughs> thing that has come to light is that, and I can speak to this in Los Angeles specifically, um, I think there's been an energy around arts for the last decade of competition, like oh, severe oh competition. Let's get like, into that. Well, you know, where it's like, I bring X to the table and so-and-so is really good, but like they could make it, which takes away my spot, Ah, which just isn't it. true. It's just Absolutely not true. Not. And I think when everybody, and it's never been true, which is interesting, but I think when everybody had a moment to have to sit down and just sit with themselves and they were, we've had an opportunity to go, that person never held me back. I held me back. You know what I mean? Like I'm the one who decided they would take my spot. Right. They're doing that. You gave them the power. Yeah. They're doing you gave them, them your power. I need to do me. And I know that LA from, 
for a long time fed that energy, a dog eat dog energy. Very much. But I think that has shifted in the time of people going, we need to get creative on being creative because collaboration is going to be the way that we all see ourselves through this shit storm, you know? And I think that has opened up a whole beautiful can of possibility for so many people. I love this. Yeah. I've always, I've always believed that there's so much strength in collaboration. Amen. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I can do it on my own, of course, but do I want to do it with you because it'll be so much better. So much more fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but I look at it. Oh God, this is crazy. Cause I just did this music video and I was like, I want all my friends. I want all my friends involved in this. Like, Hey, you guys, I'm broke as fuck, but do you want to be in this music video? <laughs> and guess what they like, all said? They went, guess and they what? Were like, yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. So there they are all like bopping and living their best lives because it's just people just championing each other. And Which it's, is and how it's we were actually designed. Honestly, at the end of the day, that's whether I mean, you that's believe universal in, language. Whether you believe in creation or evolution, yeah. either yeah. way, we were designed to hold each other up. If you believe in creation, Adam was still given an Eve, and they were like, "And go forth and procreate, make more of you." If you right. believe in evolution, we have come from monkeys that were that are tribal that gather in groups and pods, and they they go out and you know conquer the forest together. There is no such thing as this whole like. I'm going to tear you down and you down and you down, and then I will be reigning king. I'm ah, superior. It doesn't really work no, that no, way. No, no, no. I will always be community. Lift as you, lift as you climb. Lift as you climb. Amen. So let's yeah. get into, now you're living in LA. You are a daytime Hi. makeup artist. You're driving on the Santa Monica freeway, wanting to punch Ugh. everybody else the way everybody else wants to punch everybody else. Oh. And um, at what point did did like postmodern or those things come a knock in? How did that transpire? Because now you're famous. So oh, <laughs> now you're globally you. famous. And I could be very, oh, I, in, I could be missing mm-hmm. stages here. And, and I, please forgive me. No, I don't no, no, in no. Anyway you know what? We blacked insulted. out. We blacked out all of those years after Coachella. Like, yeah, she just started to take drugs a lot. And we, it just, we just blacked out. Um, <laughs> no, okay. But so uh, you, had that, you had that epiphany and you had that, yeah. like, I can do yeah. this too. How Absolutely. did you then get to like what were I want to know about those t- that period of time? Like what was the yeah. period of transformation that started to open these doors that really shifted your capability of reaching larger audiences? Well, I was doing a lot of things. I was responding to a lot of uh, again. I was doing a lot of commercial work, which was which is cool. I was meeting a lot of people there. I had m- different agents, and were you was, interested in acting? Like at any point, did you start going like, maybe I should really do this road, or were you like, it's fine, I'm good at showing good it face? Was ju- but- it was just, uh, it was an avenue. It was like a facet, but like, wasn't no, your thing. I didn't know. I wasn't like going to pour all this money into these acting classes. Right. No, it was like if I had an agent and they would send me out for a spot on a sitcom, great, I would go do it, or a commercial, or a Whatever. print spot, I would do it because it just it was an ad and we yeah, responded to it. And also we they did really well. <laughs> they, oh my God. They, t- they do. They, they help a lot. really well. Yep. And residuals so, are great. Residuals are amazing. So we were just doing that. And then, um, I started to gig at night. I met, I met a 
couple of really great cats out here. And I started to sing in Hollywood. I started to sing around. Um, and then from there, you would meet more people, more singers that would be like, hey, I got these gigs. Can you come in? Can you sing this Sunday? Can you do this? Can you do this session? And it kind of just snowballed. So fast forward to 2017, 2018. Um, we were just workshopping shit and falling in with great, great local musicians Communities. and artists. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was the community. Exactly. And, um, what's my jukebox? That's a good question. How did that one? Well, let me ask um, you this I though, did, because oh, I am curious in yeah. that time, as you're sure. meeting musicians, as you're getting out and, and, and learning that community and that tribe, which I will give a lot of props to Los Angeles for that, because yeah, I do think great. Los Angeles, uh, the network of musicians there and artists of all kinds are, are really great at going, Hey, have you gone to that thing? Or yeah. have you checked out this thing or come with me to that thing? Um, for as often times as things can be competitive, I want to give the props where they're due. A lot of people are very warm and embracing they and are. They're welcoming. Yeah. yeah. They had no problem so. just taking me by the hand and going, hey, Come have you ever been to the hotel before? Right. And I was like, what's the hotel? And they're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Get your guitar and let's go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. Like, what's this? We walk in, we just casually like John Mayer's on the stage. I was like, oh, it happens. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. It was great. It was just so, I mean, that, like that's the magic that started to happen once I made space for it. Once right. I opened myself to it and started, it just started to flood in. But here's my question you, though. Like my, the question yeah. that I have for this is it at, in this chapter of your life, were you starting to find your own voice as an artist outside of opera? Yes. Was that oh, what was the opera thing was not the opera and musical theater were gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally, I mean, she was doing session work. So whatever the, you know, the client needed and I was doing top 40 and whatever, whatever. Yeah. The gigs that, shit. Yeah. But we were singing more, we were singing more mainstream. And then we were also writing and finding our, you know, modern day Joni Mitchell vibe, right. the, the California sound. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. What a fun mm. chapter. Like I, I love those it, moments. It was the best chapter so far. Yeah. For sure. I love that those moments in, in our, our ongoing journeys because I, I the self-discovery part to me is so pivotal to the artistry part of it. It's like, much like you said, when I started making space for the good things to come in, you start making space for your own music to pour out. And that's the part it where sure you did. go, that's really exciting. So yep. as you're gigging around LA and you're starting to take these other sessions and you're starting to do this stuff, is that kind of how you came in? That's where I cut you off is where the scary no. pockets kind of came from. Um, well, yeah. I'm sorry, not scary. I mean, that comes after. Po- yeah, postmodern. Postmodern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was doing this, I was doing this musical workshop with a great company and um, the girls I was singing with, I mean, these were dynamite singers. I'm like, shit. I don't know. Well, I don't know why I'm in the same room with them. Like, but, and we would see each other on several auditions. Like, whenever we would audition for like the Vegas shows, right. like <laughs> Jersey Boys and Mama Mia and shit, we would see each other there. But like, I didn't know that these girls would become like some of my closest, best friends and liaisons in in the LA community. And we're, I mean, we're thick as thieves. I can't imagine life without them. So I'm just, I'm admiring like who I'm in the room with. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. But from there, I mean, I just casually heard about this, this postmodern jukebox. And again, I didn't know anything about it, but a girlfriend of mine who 
who won the PMJ search like that year, I saw her video and I go, oh, this is really good. Look at her sing. Like, this is great. Oh my God, good for her. And then I blocked it out. Like I didn't, Yeah, you I didn't. Just, you were like, that's amazing. And I was onward. like, this is great. Right. Amazing. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't like rabbit hole. Cause I, I really, honestly, I, I didn't, I just thought it was a pretty video. I was like, oh, this is fun. Okay. And I moved on. And then fast forward to like, I don't know, a year later, um, the same opportunity arose. And like so many people were sending it my way. They're like, hey, you got to send so-and-so. Your vi-. And like, we had so many mutual friends. Turns out um, Mr. Scott Bradley, who I love with my whole heart is, I mean, he's just a genius. But we had so many mutual friends and they were like, dude, just send, just send Scott like a video. He'll like, yeah, just to send it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, sure, fine. So I did it. Funniest story though about this. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm like, so strap ready. In. Oh my God. So <clears throat> I just got back from my friend's wedding in Maui that I sang for. And I mean, we had our best time this wedding weekend. Oh my God. I was in the ocean for like you were 65 living. hours. You're like, 65 hours straight. <laughs> it was great. It was so great. I mean, but my body moved just like it was so buoyant. It moved the way it hadn't moved in years. I get back though. And I was, twi- I mean, that six hour plane flight, I was twisted like a pretzel, Candace. I, my body like locked up. <laughs> You're like, as soon as uh, I got home, <gasps> I'm telling you. And I had to go see a physical therapist because I was in so much pain. Like I actually like, couldn't move. You like just, my like neck, seized up. Like you just, like- I literally seized up. They had me so doped up with muscle relaxants and like, I, I couldn't move my body. I couldn't move my back. <laughs> And I thought, oh, this is it. This is where I die. This is, this is actually <laughs> this the is, end. This of, is my call to go to God. Okay, I haven't cool. even <laughs> sent my video in and this is where I die. Okay. And, so basically, and then I'm going to be the Reese T that should have once upon a time. Sent, yeah. <laughs> the Reese T that never was, but like almost, almost was. So, I mean, I'm telling you, the doctors had me completely doped. And if you guys, I'm not telling you to go to YouTube and search the PMJ uh, entry video, but if you go to my YouTube and you search the PMJ entry video. <laughs> oh my God. First stop as soon as this is over. Exactly. Everyone just rushes to Reese's YouTube. Um, you will see that audition video and you will see just how high <laughs> I was. My eyes were the glassiest cups of red wine you've ever seen. Oh my gosh. And I was, I was giggling through the whole fucking thing. And I was just like, it was prohibition, baby. I was like, (laughs) I was so high and I sent it. I mean, I, I was stiff too. I could not turn my neck. And every time I breathed in, like took like a really deep breath in, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die because I, my my Your whole body was uh, just was not, fucked. it was not yeah. playing the right game. It was not. I was like, damn, you really are 30. You really are 30 now. <laughs> oh, ew. It was such, it was not a good look. So long story short, of course, <laughs> it was really nice. I mean, he like called me back and he's like, hey. He's like, your audition video is interesting, but you're great. <laughs> he didn't even notice it. Bless his heart. He was, just, he was like, hey, I think you're really good. Where have you been? Like, let's work together. And I was like, probably this is great so and I just oh, I admire him so so <laughs> that was it we got together and the rest is history we, we did I love some, it we did some cool fun stuff and then like one thing led to another and yeah 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 and so let's get up to current time you have released a few singles 
You yeah. have you're you are getting all the trending love on Spotify because you're. Badass. Oh my God, bless, bless. I I'll take it. How I'll do take you it. how do you feel? What's coming next? What's the new project? <gasps> oh my God. Okay, the next one. Okay, <laughs> twenty twenty was a shit show. Like we know this, right? And like, <laughs> globally, yeah, it's, a, it's, glo- yeah, just yeah, a global yeah. shit show. But I mean, there were some people that that took that time to invest in themselves and to really transform and invest in themselves. And there were other people that, you know, maybe took that time to rest because they'd been working so hard. And, you know, like I said, everybody processed last year differently. I had a full fucking plate. I had like a buffet last year before the world closed. It was going to be great, Candace. It was so awesome. I was a pig in shit. I was like, this is going to be so, the best, most funnest year ever. We got off the road with pockets and we were just like going on to another one. And we, I mean, it was just leg after leg after leg. Okay, skirt, like the slammed on the brakes. I came back to LA and I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, what, do <laughs> what do I do now? What do I do with my life? Um, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay. So my brother, the musical nerd that he is, he's like, hey, we, why don't you come home? Just lock your apartment up, whatever. And because he's up in Reno still, Reno Tahoe. He's come home and we'll, you know, we'll work on your music. We'll like put an, like an acoustic EP out. Just, you know, appease the people. And I was like, oh. Feed the people what they crave. Exactly. Because people were like on my ass for the music. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't have time. I don't have time. (laughs) I finally had time. So we went up there and Braille, which is coming out April 16th. This is why I asked, girl. (laughs) Braille was the first thing that we got to work on, even before Tokyo. Like Tokyo was obviously very fresh on the brain. And it was, you know, when we close our eyes at night, us artists, we go back to the last piece of normal and that happened to be the last piece of normal. Like nothing like doing it, doing it large, right? <laughs> Shit. Um, so my brother and I got to work on Braille and I, I, you know, I just played him this little palm muted track or palm muted idea of mine. And he goes, hmm, that's cute. And then he, <laughs> I love that answer to anything. Like, I'm like, mm, what do you think of this? And people are like, hmm, that's, mm, that's cute. <laughs> and he plugged in his octave pedal and he started playing it and he goes, this is how we're going to do it. And I was like, fuck, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. Is that who so, you typically collaborate with on recordings? Is your brother? We had never, we had never. So this was the first like. This was, I'm telling you, that's why this is so incredibly near and dear and special to me. This is a, this is a twin project that for the rest of my life will, will just be the most precious and cherished how thing. How do your parents feel? You've oh, got to be so excited. Like our kids I mean, are doing the thing. They're, the they're doing it. Great. Look at them. They don't hate each other anymore. They're doing <laughs> it. Um, yeah, they're, they're so, they're, yeah, they're, they're very proud. They're very proud. So excited. So, yeah, we got Braille. We got Braille on the boil. So April 16th, and that drops. April 16th, Everywhere. yeah. Hey, hey, whole kit and caboodle babies. We got music video. We got single. Um, we have a, a bunch of great collaborators on that one. I mean, if you're Love in a pocket. It. You're just going to love it. Yes, I love it. Yeah. This is so exciting. Now may I ask you questions that I ask everybody? Are you ready for this? I love it. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid it's not rapid fire, so it's not nearly as exciting. Oh, my God. The Beatles, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Beatles or Stones? Beatles. Beatles. Having had the journey that you have had thus far, what Mm. is something you would tell your younger self? Miss, like... 
I'm born a star ready to sing. I am an artist, but don't put me in front of the camera. Like, what, oh, would, you tell, what would you tell younger Reese T? Well, I feel seen and attacked at the same time. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I would tell young baby Reese T to stay authentic, always stay authentic, to lean into your authenticity, and to fucking relax. Mm. Just relax. It doesn't need to be done. It doesn't need to be done yesterday. Like, relax and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. So my follow-up on that is that when you when you say stay authentic, which I love, by the mm. way, I think that's incredible advice for anybody, any age, anywhere. Yeah. We all doing need anything, to be doing anything. Mm-hmm. We all need to be doing our best at being ourselves. Right. Do you feel like when you were younger, that was something that you were always trying to um, fit a mold or be somewhere that you thought you should be versus where your heart or your spirit wanted to be? Yes, yeah. I wanted again going back to wanting so badly to be liked as a kid. I knew, I knew who I was and I knew that I was different, but I would always try so hard to, you know, to try to fit in with the kids. And in that I would lose my authenticity. Like I, I wouldn't, I would be so crushed that I'm, I feel like I'm doing this and you know, it's not me, but I, I just want to be your friend so bad. Yeah. Um, and I want <laughs> you to like me and not be mean to me so bad that I'll, that I'll like totally do it. Like, even though I'm not into this game or whatever we're doing. Um, and I really could not be any less interested, but I'm doing it. <laughs> so I, I mean, in that all, all the way until, I mean, junior high, yeah, that shifted. And then high school I was like, fuck all y'all. I'm, I'm Jimi Hendrix wearing hemp jewelry and singing opera. It was so weird. I was so weird. I love it. Oh, it was just weird. But yeah, just be authentic and people, you're going to find, your people are going to find you as long as you keep vibrating on your plane. Yeah. They will, they will find you. They'll, they'll meet you. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, yeah. I think that's such great advice because I think especially in this exact crossroad of time. I think so many people with so much information throughout the internet and all the ways that we all gather all this stuff. I think the the biggest thing our kids are looking at right now and young people are looking at, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are looking at, is that you see something that's six, quote unquote, air quote, successful. And you think, oh, I should be that or I should do that. Because yes. that's the thing that might be the thing that gets me to the thing that isn't the, thing, the thing I'd even want, you know? Right. Right. Oh, And so I think it's so lovely when you hear people that you look up to or want to emulate or that you admire saying, listen, do you the best you can do you. Like that's I do it. me all the we best. Can do. Yeah, I do me the best I can do me. And I love that you love it. But you're going to be far more special being you than you. trying to be something else. A watered down version of something or somebody else. Yes. Correct. Yes. So much, so much. There's so much strength in authenticity. So much power, excuse me. Strength, yes. There's so much power in authenticity because there's only one you. There's only, there's, that's it. You, that's it, girl. That is it. Um, what would you say to this point has been your career high? What, what has been a career or the highest of highs? And what would you say has been a career low? Mm. And I asked that question because I think people tend to celebrate all the highs Mm. and then they forget that chances are a year before or a week before or five years before, maybe you were sitting on your floor going, what the fuck is my life? You know what I mean? Like whatever it is. I wrote a whole song about it. I wrote a whole (laughs) song about it. It's called the LA Struggle Song. What the actual 
fuck am I doing? Like, I just don't, what am I, what actually the opening line is, is actually, why do I live here? Yeah. <laughs> why? What am but I that's doing? my I'm point. My wheels. Because anybody who sees you with the pockets or on this or your new record mm-hmm. or all the streams, they're thinking that's what they see. Oh, of you course. It's just the highlight reel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the long and short of it is, is that there were a lot of sleepless nights. There were a lot of very sad, just ugh, hysterical nights. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't want to do this anymore. And I hate it. And well, I hate it here. But um, it, obviously, I, I want to say the lowest was my time in New York City. But But then again, like that, I didn't really have much of a career then. I hadn't even started. So I... To that, I say that was just a life low. I haven't really had a career low yet. God really bless you, woman. Been. God bless you. I haven't, and I back on wood. I've had a fuck ton of highs. Yeah, and I'm just gonna just I don't, I can't even I can't even bookmark them because they've just they've been getting better and cooler and way more funner. Just all <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I Well, and when you say life low, I actually think that is a career low because it takes life to make mm. a career. You know what I mean? In, in that true. regard, Very it's true. like we, we learn, we grow, we are shaped from those moments that allow us to become the person who then yes. has the highs, you know? So I, I take that exactly for what it is, which I think is awesome. Right. What would you right. say at this point is your definition of success? And has that word changed for you at any point in your life? Oh, oh my God. Okay. I wish everybody could have seen your beautiful face on that one. She's like crossed her eyes like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. That just, that got me right in the fuzzies. Um, Yes. If you would have asked again, 10 year old fucking Reese T what success was, it would have been 10 platinum records, just Mm -hmm. like Britney Spears, fucking (laughs) driving around a Lamborghini, Mm -hmm. sipping her daily Starbucks and her Von Dutch hat, just like living her best life with the paparazzi on her ass. Like I have made it. Flash forward 10 years and look at where we are. (laughs) Oh, wow. You want to talk about dodging, dodging some. So, but now looking at it, I mean, Candace, that's such a good question because like everything changes with some humble pie. Everything changes with maturity. Everything changes with age. The, the peep, the type that you used to have for people changes. Mm -hmm. Everything evolves. So now I want to say my definition of success is just happiness. If I'm doing what I love Mm. and I'm doing it with the people that I love, I don't give a shit if I'm not even getting paid for it. Because nine times out of 10 out here, I'm not. But I'm not like, I'm really not. I'm laughing, I that. I, I, that's honestly just true everywhere. It for is artists. Just, like, it is. Everybody yeah. can have great things. And then it's like, well, what would you make on that? Nothing, but it was a great Nothing. time. I just did it. I did it because I had the time and I love the people on the project. And it, I mean, it just brought me joy. It brought me joy. And I understand that there are going to be people that are listening to this being like, well, that's why you're broke and you're stupid. <laughs> but no. I'd rather be broke and stupid and happy yeah. than wealthy and climbing people like ladders because there's a price tag attached to it with no real connection in my life. Well, and, and the reality my- is if you're making the real connection and if you are putting happiness at the forefront, you're not climbing mm-hmm. people like ladders. You're climbing with people Exactly. To new places. And you that's rise you far. You, uh, you lift as you rise. You lift yeah. as you rise. And that's yeah. far more exciting. And in my opinion, so also much. far more successful. It's fulfilling yes. because it's, I mean, at the end of the day, bro, this journey, 
we're all just walking each other home. Like what we have in the physical realm, cool. Congratulations on your Tesla. I would love to have one too, but that doesn't keep me awake at night. Like I got to have And chances are you will. Like that's the other thing, right? It's like at some point I may. That's what I would say. I was like, at some point I may with all things. Uh Right. But I would rather, my definition, definition of success is to just make beautiful art with humans that I absolutely cherish. And it, I don't know, that transcends everything. Well, I could not agree with you more. And I think I was, you know, a, giving prophecy when I was like, you're going to be my new best friend by the end of this. Yeah! Because basically that's how I feel. <laughs> um, you're absolutely a wonder and a delight. And your talent you is are. just even equals your personality and and your personality equals your talent. However, that's said best, but thank you for being my guest because it's been so much fun. Pleasure and honor. Thank you for having me. I'm just so thrilled. Next time I am in town, I'm going to come find where you live unbeknownst (gasps) to you and knock on your door and then just bring in food and tea and we'll just hang out. Oh my God. And and then I'll, (laughs) we'll devour that. And then we'll go to another tea and coffee spot and we'll just, we'll, I don't know, we'll bang, bang it. I love it. And then one Ah. day in your near future of touring, I'm going to rope you into our music city and make sure that your beautiful music gets here. So you just have to make sure you keep us in the loop of your travels. I will be there. I'll be there with bells on. I'll clear my schedule going to be marvelous, <laughs> darling. It's going to be marvelous. I want to, but I also, okay, if I'm coming to Arizona, you need to take me to like all the cool gem shows too, because done and done. I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Done and done. Great. Anytime. Right. I mean, they yeah. only come twice a year or whatever, but we'll go when, the, when that's happening. Excellent. We'll all work it around there. <laughs> You're just the best. You're the best. You're and the I'm best. so Thank grateful that, being my that you had me. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So much more goodness to come from this amazing woman. And um, if you haven't checked out Therese Curatolo yet, you need to find her on all the places. Tell us really quickly where people specifically, we said April 16th, um, Braille comes out. Yes. And but, I mean, if, you, if you're on Apple, basically, if you are a member of Functioning Society these days, you can find me on all the platforms. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, at Touché. Reese Tea. That's, that's R-E-E-S-E-T-E-A, like Reese Witherspoon and a cup of tea. That's me on all across all the platforms. You can find me on Spotify, uh, first and last name, YouTube, first and last name, you know, all just don't, 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 don't type We're going to put all the links up so they'll be able to just click oh, and amazing. go. But I like to ha- say it out loud in case somebody's driving and they just think, oh, I should check that out later. You know what I mean? At Reese Team. Yeah. Reese okay. Team. Just like type, type me in on Spotify. And you know, if you're stuck in Santa Monica traffic, I will try to make it better for you. <laughs> you absolutely will, which is just a godsend. So thank you for Woo! being brilliant and talented and wonderful and a good person on top of it. To boot, you have Bless the full me. package, my dear. It takes one to know one. Thank you so much. Okay. So yeah, much. you're right. No, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I adore you. Thank you for being my guest. Let's, um, let's hang out again soon. I can't if we wait. Can. Okay. I can't wait. Yes. Take care of you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by the Raven Cafe, located at 142 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. I love this place. I eat there all the time. And let me tell you why. The Raven Cafe features a full, all-organic espresso bar and a wide variety of craft beers and wines. 
Their innovative menu is created with a focus on organic ingredients, many of which come from local sources. So head on over there. Enjoy a relaxing and comfortable environment decorated with rotating art shows by local and regional visual artists. And on the weekends, a lineup of the best in up-and-coming local music. You don't want to miss out on the Raven Cafe. It's absolutely one of my favorite spots in town. So head on over to ravencafe.com and order online or stop by to catch a happy hour on their beautiful rooftop patio. Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence, coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us? or a company that would like to advertise with us, shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. Get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming. Your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.